Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Rangers Review Morning Briefing for Wednesday, the 28th of December. And it's game day. Rangers are back in action tonight. Cannot wait for it. His mother will come to Ibrox. We're here to talk all about the match with uh, myself, Derek Clark, and I'm joined by Joshua Barry. How are you getting on, Joshua? Yeah, good, Derek. Looking forward to it. Um, rare to not have a boxing day game, isn't it? So um, oh, yes. looking forward to, to getting back to the football tonight. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of uh, moving around games. I'm a traditionalist. I like games on Boxing Day, if I'm being honest. And uh, New Year's, well, not not too fussed about, about the second. Uh, it means that if you wake up on New Year's Day uh, with a, a stinking hangover, then um, you, can, you can just sleep it off sort of thing. And then you've got the game to look forward to on the second. But Rangers have got a um, big match tonight against Motherwell. Um, as uh, Stevie Hamill brings his side to Ibrox, uh, Michael Beale looking to make it four wins out of four as Rangers manager. Uh, he uh, conducted his press conference yesterday alongside Scott Arfield. Uh, some interesting takeaways from it, Joshua. Yeah. He touched on a number of different things uh, as he did last week as well. I really love uh, listening to him, to be honest. He, he gives out a, a lot of information, but... Um, you, you can sit there and you, you can listen to him talk about football for, for hours on end, I think. But but lots of interesting notes. Uh, point on Stephen Davis, of course, he touched on his season-ending injury. Uh, and he says that he could be a future Rangers manager, but believes that the, the midfielder still has a role to play in his Ibrox uh, regime. I'll touch on some of the comments that, that, that he said. He says... Uh, um, yeah, certainly with our relationship, uh, Beal was asked, uh, replied when he asked if there could be a role for him in the back room. He says, I wouldn't say we are best friends, but there is a lot of respect with how well we have worked together in the past. And he's got a good eye for the game. I'm sure Northern Ireland have also got their eye on Stephen in the future. And I think it would be nice to have a future Rangers manager on the staff one day. Over the last couple of years, the club has um, seen a lot of staff leaving the building with managers. And I always think it's nice you should have a manager in waiting, whether he is the next manager or whether he is just on the road to being it. I think succession planning for the club, that would be ideal. And then went on to add, I think there are quite a few senior players and ex-players with their eye on this job in the future. Stephen has a the manner of someone who is very thoughtful, quiet. He doesn't speak unless he needs to speak. So when he does speak, people tend to listen. I think Stephen, if he wanted to go down the manager route to any of the clubs he played at previously, would help him as well. So we're not the only ones that would love Stephen Davis, but we do love him here. Um, what do you make of that? Yeah, well, I guess there was two real interesting points from um, Beale's comments on Davis. The first was... I think it, uh, Beale, the first thing he said was he, he was devastated and he went on to speak about the role that Davis could have played or would have played in the playing squad. Um, Beale didn't think he looked any less sharp than um, when he'd left a year ago. And it kind of fits into what we were saying actually yesterday in the morning briefing, Derek, we we're speaking about, well, could Davis play that role that he did against Hibs where he comes on for the last 20 minutes or 30 minutes of games and either helps Rangers open up a defence or shut down a game. And that's exactly what Beal said. He, he said, look, football games now with five subs, you don't always have to play for, for the full 90 minutes. Um, he very much believed that Stephen Davis still had a, a role to play. Um, he was asked if uh, that meant that the, the injury meant that Rangers would be provoked into signing a midfielder, which is obviously the question that, that everyone is asking. Um, and, he, and he said in response to that, we might already have been looking, which I, I think is what 
what supporters will want to hear because Rangers really need a midfielder regardless of, of whether Stephen Davis has had that obviously terrible injury or not. Yeah. And, then, and then you're right, he makes those comments about <clears throat> keeping him around um, the building. Now, the, the discussion about kind of ex-players going into coaching, I think sometimes gets a bit um, caught up because we tend to think of it as a, a jobs for the boys uh, situation, which obviously yeah. with, with Davis, I think what it, it obviously wouldn't be. What Beal is suggesting is the type of role that he fulfills in the squad, the importance of kind of having continuity in the building. He said something along the lines of the club have already had a plan for Stephen, which I think tells you um, tells you already uh, that, that that was maybe in, in the works. And again, there's a difference between an ex-player thinking they can go and be a manager right away or an ex-player wanting to earn their kind of core, like, like Stephen Gerrard did by going to the Liverpool under-18s um, when, when he'd retired initially. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there with Davis and um, but but for me the the the, the most um, interesting part of the press conference probably was that conversation about midfielders, the fact that Beal said himself it's an area where there's quite a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of players out of contract, a couple of players whose loan deals are coming up. If you look at whose Rangers midfield options are next year, you've got Lundstrom and Kamara. I think that's all. And and Beal went on to say Glenn Kamara is linked to a different club every few uh, few days, which was an interesting comment. Um, but but regardless, Rangers need a player in that position, um, absolutely. And I think that's confirmation that that's what they're going to target in January. Yeah, he touched on. He was asked if you if you'll get another contract as a player. Uh, he did say all those things will be discussed in terms of uh, me. He was going to be a key player between now and the end of the season. So I'm gutted we've lost him. Gutted for Stephen Molinet myself. Obviously, given the age he's at, we'll have a decision to make. I think that's fair to say, but it's his decision to make. Um, having seen him in the last two games since I returned, I think he had at least 18 months left at this level, certainly now with five subs. Um, listen, it'll be interesting. I know there's some comments coming in saying uh, they should not, uh, they shouldn't give contracts out based on sentiment. Uh, and it was interesting, Scott Arfield speaking as well about his contract situation. Uh, Joshua, uh, very honest uh, as uh, Scott Arfield uh, normally is uh, with regards to that uh, as well. Um, touching on that, he, he said that uh, he revealed he's not in talks about a new Rangers deal. He obviously said he, he'd love to, to stay um, on the contract situation. He said, I'd love to stay here for as long as possible. Whether that be in any capacity, I've thoroughly enjoyed my time here since I walked through the door and I want to keep those moments going. Um, he was quizzing it further, and he said, you're not an a a as asset anymore. Uh, about talk continuing after uh, turning 30, he says, uh, when you get over 30, they talk stop, uh, he said with a smirk in response to uh, that question. He says, that's just football, and that's just life. You take it day by day, and if you get the opportunity that works for everybody, then you're more than happy to say it'll be down the road. Uh, you're not an asset anymore. There's bigger assets at the club. Uh, you need to stay in your lane uh, and know where you are at the minute, uh, this minute in time. I have no problem with that. Um, pretty honest for, from Scott Arfield, that wasn't it? Um, I, yeah. I think I think he's listen. If if he can produce moments like at Petodre that we've seen last week, then uh, I think there's a, there's a decision to be made. Um, but again, it falls into that sort of. We can't be handing out contracts based on sentiment. I think that there's a general understanding that Rangers need fresh blood in that midfield to re-energise it. Your point yesterday, Joshua, was uh, uh, quite staggering that Charlie McCann has <laughs> yeah. cost more than the entire Rangers midfield, um, which uh, 
Uh, I'm not quite sure what that tells us, but I think what it does tell us is that uh, money needs to be invested in that area of the pitch. Yeah, I, th I think with all the conversation around all these players, there's that uh, delicate line between um, people like Scott Arfield and Stephen Davis and Alan McGregor have contributed so much and, and given people who will go to IROC so many good memories. But you've got to move on at some point, as Arfield is acknowledging with, with that statement. He's absolutely right. Um, I think if Rangers were in contract talks with Arfield at the moment, <clears throat> that, that, that shouldn't be their priority. Their priority should be obviously the January window. It's not as if Arfield or Jack or Davis, I think, is going to want to necessarily go somewhere else or, or I think go somewhere else without. It's, it's not the same, I think, as Kent and Morello's been out of contract in a matter of days and able to speak to other clubs. For me, if you can get Arfield, the, the role that he played coming off the bench against Aberdeen or the role he played earlier in the season coming off, I think it was a St. Johnston game, the 4-0 game at home. When he's able to play for that kind of 30-minute spell and either um, raise the tempo and help the team get a couple other goals as he did on that day against St. Johnston, the cup semi-final, the old firm in Hamden in April where he comes off the bench and scores that really important goal. The couple of goals against Aberdeen when he probably could have had another one as well. That's, I think, the role that he's there to play. Similarly with Stephen Davis, when he comes off the bench or plays the odd game, I think that's a role that he was re-signed to play. I think the difficulty you have is when the squad building isn't done you know, correctly or, 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 or there isn't enough players brought in, you end up with a situation where you're playing both of them in Champions League games and Al McGregor as well. And I, I, I think you've got to move on at some point. When you've got a midfield of Jack... Arfield and Davis in the Champions League. I don't think that's moved on enough from the Europa League uh, two or two or three seasons before. So you understand the point I'm making in a roundabout way. I think they have a these players, of course, have a part to play. And being outside of football, we can't understand when managers speak about the impact that they have in the changing room, the impact that they have um, around the club. We can't really understand the significance of, of that. And maybe sometimes it's too easy to just kind of cast that aside. Um, so I think that the role that, for me, the role that Arfield played against Aberdeen is perfect. I think he's really quiet against Ross County because I don't always think that type of game suits him as, as much now at his age. When he just has to attack the box and make those clever runs, he's so good at it. And, and similarly, as we were saying yesterday, Stephen Davis, I think he did still have a role to play um, regarding coming off the bench because Rangers have, and all teams have, have these five substitutions now. Um, but Normally, I, th I feel like that's Scarfield's kind of been that type of player for two or three seasons, and he always ends up, you know, playing four games in a row in February. Yeah. Last February, I remember that game against St. Johnson, where he just looked like he'd run out of gas. So, was that's that the no the, subs game? Sorry, was that the no subs game? <clears throat> that was the no. That was. The no subs game. <laughs> How could I forget? That was a long. That was a long <laughs> game. Um, so yeah, that that's. I think that's what you've got to. You've got to the balance. You've got to strike, but Rangers need a Rangers need a midfielder. Um, and, and another interesting thing that Arfield said, he was speaking about the clarity of message that that Michael Beale um, has has given the, the the squad. And it was quite simple. But if you if you listen back to the press conference, I just think it's interesting the way that he um, speaks about uh, Beale since since he came back into the club. How that's um, how that's made made an impact. And on his press conferences, more generally, Derek um, was listening to. Um, some of our good friends of the show um, on heart and hand, uh, Adam, uh, David and Martin, I think it was the podcast before the Ross County game. And, and Martin was speaking about the fact that, you know, for Van Bronckhorst, he's been doing these press conferences. He's been the star player of his country for, you know, 20 years. It's about getting through them. It's about kind of keeping the company line, whatever. Beal just loves speaking about football. And that's what 
comes across, I think, in his press conferences. It doesn't seem like a chore when he's asked about a tactical decision or when no. he's asked about a, um, you know, a player or whatever. And, and, and I think it is sometimes as simple as that. So I'm, I'm regurgitating Martin's um, idea and, and citing him just in case he criticizes me. Yeah, yeah, he 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 loves to talk. Does um, uh, uh, Michael Beale, um, and it's uh, yeah, it's great to hear from uh, talking about football. As I say, you could listen to him for hours. Um, let's get to some of the comments coming in. James Perry says, "What times kick off tonight? Seven forty-five, James, and there will be uh, as usual um, uh, a pre-match video round about when the teams are announced to give a." Yeah. Our, our initial reaction. I'm sure there'll be a, a Twitter spaces, I think. If you're on Twitter, folks, um, we'll go on at half time, either uh, myself uh, or Johnny and, and Joshua or, or what have you, um, and we'll discuss the, the first half events. And then um, there may be a, a post match reaction video as well. It just depends on, on the workload following the game because um, a lot of work going down, down the press conference and transcribing what the manager has to say and what have you. So if we can fit it in, uh, we will do so. Um, love this. Uh, people traveling from far and wide for, for match days. George A says, uh, Good morning, troops from Conan, Lancashire. I'll be setting off at 1.30 p.m. traveling to Ibrook Stadium uh, to watch the famous safe journey up the road, George. Um, uh, hopefully. Uh, it's uh, well worth it, and you can watch uh, Rangers uh, defeat Motherwell and make it four from four. And talking about that, Aldo says uh, four for four incoming rounds. The last time that happened, uh, do you lads uh, know? Last no. year was it? Not? Was it not yeah. Van Bronckhorst? Yeah, it must have been last year. Yeah, because yeah, he won against uh, Livingston, Hibs, Hearts. I want to see Dundee. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look, Derek. And and while while I'm looking, I'm just gonna put in the the comment section. The um today's one of the articles on uh, the website today is a look at the goalkeeper situation, which Beal also ah, yes. we can maybe touch on just now. And and yeah. uh, you know, off the back of him saying that there isn't he isn't going to be strengthening in that area. I think it was a question you asked him last week. Yeah, fantastic. Um, right, let's get to some of the other uh, comments coming in. Dave Fulton makes an interesting point. He says, uh, Davis and Arfield's professionalism and <clears throat> attitude is something we need to keep around the dressing room uh, and the training ground. They've certainly been uh, model professionals of that, there is no doubt. Uh, and uh, interesting point here from a good friend of the show, Tam Brown. He says, uh, what do you think of some of the loan players getting a recall in January for a, a closer look? Um, Rangers have got a number of, uh, of players out on loan, namely um, Academy Boys, Boys in, in, in the B team. Um, I know that likes uh, Josh McPake is, is doing well at, at Queen's Park. Um, we've got uh, Zakowski out on loan. I think that's a loan to buy for them back in uh, Poland at Lech Poznan. Uh, Lewis Mayo, of course, at, at Kilmarnock on loan. Um, I can't think of too many other ones. Kai Kennedy is another one that, that's do, doing well at Falkirk. Um, I'm of the opinion, opinion, Joshua, I think these lads just keep them where they are. There's not a notable one like there was last season with Nico Katic, where there was a genuine debate with the new manager coming in as to whether he should come back and, and the manager have a look at him. Yeah, no, I, I think it's it's so important that you've seen with Beal, they've got uh, results in the first few games. And yesterday, Beal was saying that it was the best training session since he'd been back. He's seen a lot more of what he wants to see. And obviously, it will take time to for him to get performance happy and uh, results happy, given the, the schedule, the injuries, and the fact that they've not, although he's had some training time, he's not had training time really with the whole team, given the number of, uh, the number of injuries um, that have been there. But regardless of when he does have the whole squad back, uh, I, I think you can't fall into the same 
not 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 trapped. But I remember with uh, Van Bronckhorst, everyone kind of thought. I, so I guess the European run did that. That he had given the squad kind of a second wave of. Um, well, a second cycle, if you will, which he did to get them to that European yeah. final. After that, obviously, in hindsight, it was time to, to refresh a bit more. And Beal will know that he needs to get players in, that he needs um, just fresh blood. I, I thought he made a really interesting comment at the start of his press conference yesterday. I'm, I'm just going to pull it up, Derek. Um, <clears throat> it was when he was asked about his, his backroom staff and he was speaking about how he, you know, his backroom staff work in units. I think he's with the attack, um, Banfield is with the defence and Matthew is with the midfield. Could be wrong. Um, but uh, you know, as and, and obviously Colin uh, Stewart, the goalkeepers, um, which is what happened last time, and there'll be a, a more emphasis on those coaches building relationships or eating specifically with those players at mealtime, which is something that happened under uh, Stephen Gerrard. But just at the end of his answer, he says it's very handy to have the experience around me because they are new. Maybe I have to explain it as how tough it is to them to go up to Pesodre and they can be a bit more free in their thoughts and a bit different to myself. I thought that was just an interesting example of you see, Rangers went with an offensive team up to Petodre. It didn't, you know, really work because they had to come from behind. Um, but I guess that was quite telling that Rangers didn't, you know, move Malik Tillman up a line and bring in an extra midfielder as they would have done, in my opinion, under Gerrard. I think he did that a lot, pushing uh, Aribo into the front line. I think it's the same with players. You need freshness, uh, yeah, and you you don't only need fresh squad players, but you need fresh starters who can come in and. And, and these games that players like Kent and Morelos have played about 15 to 20 times now, you need freshness in there. So as, as much as it is important to, to look within the squad and get the best out of players, up the value of players who have fallen off, um, Beal will know that he needs others to come in. And and I think uh, that fit, fits into the goalkeeping conversation as well, but it doesn't look like that's going to be addressed um, in January. But the, the, the piece that I've got on the website today, Derek, <coughs> looks at these numbers that Johnny, Johnny was kind of discussing yesterday. We've already had them on the website, but it's a bit more details looking at perhaps when the preventable goals have went in, if they've actually cost points, um, how that compares to last season. A, a, quite a deep dive uh, look at the numbers. So head over to the website. I'll put that in the, the comments section as well, and, and you can uh, read a bit more about that. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, right, let's talk about the potential team tonight. Lots of comments come in about uh, what folk would like to see in the lineup tonight. Now, Michael Beale touched on the injury front. He said, uh, Ruth and Cholak have trained, so it's up to me if I select them or not. It's fair to say they are not 100% fit uh, because they have been out for a while in Kamar's case, a lot longer than Antonio, but they have trained the last two days, which is pleasing. It's a case of whether I need them now or I can top them up before a big January, a huge January. Uh, he also said John Suter isn't a million miles away either. We should uh, see him at the back end of January, which is good news. Uh, he's going great guns and is out on the grass now, although he's not training with the first team yet. He's in a good place, so I'm delighted with that. Alan McGregor is fine. Uh, he's just had the sniffles, but he's fine now. Uh, we've had a few players off with it. He was also asked if Borner's back. He says, yes, he's been training. He arrived back yesterday, he's trained today and looked in a great place. He's just had a big experience again, getting to another semi-final in his first World Cup. He's come back in a really positive place. We're slowly but surely getting back to where we need to be. It's the biggest group of players that I have had since I returned in terms of training. So positive news on the injury front, Joshua. I think the big news is, um, well, th th there's a couple of points there. We'll touch on Borna first. Yeah. Does it come straight back into the team? I mean, Adam Devine, for me, uh, is... I know he's out of position, but I, yeah. I, I, I don't think he's done anything wrong and deserves to be dropped uh, for Wednesday. On, on, on the other side, of course, you've got a guy who's helped uh, Croatia uh, reach 
uh, third place in the World Cup. But um, I think that's a bit of a selection dilemma for Michael Beale tonight. Which is what he wants, uh, and he's not really had that so far, has he? Um, you know, he said himself that Adam Devine will go up 25% if he was on the right, because when he gets into these positions, he's not on his stronger foot. I think he's actually still done pretty good, uh, considering he's been uh, on his on his weaker side. So it would be harsh to drop him, but also if you are getting uh, your fullback into those high areas, if you think of the, the, the kind of crossing or cutback opportunities that Barisic would have, he's probably going to uh, take more better advantage of them again just purely because that's on his stronger side and that's really his, his skill set that's what's kept him in the Rangers team for all these years is his final ball um, so it, that that's a difficult one part of me thinks it might just be Barisic I agree it would be harsh on Divine but <clears throat> um, yeah I, I, I think especially looking forward to the old firm it'll probably be Barisic in that position yeah um, Across the back, I think it remains Goldson and Davies, and and I think it has to going forwards. I thought the team looked more settled with them there. They've only played a handful of games together. They they both looked tired towards the end of that Ross County game, but uh, you'd expect them to, having given the injuries um, that they've had in front of them. Does Ryan Jack come back into partner Glenn Kamara? I think Kamara's a certainty, and I, th- I think Kamara's looked a lot better under Beal. Similarly, with I actually think Morelos has looked. Um, Looked, I'm not going to say good yet. I thought against Hibs he was good. I thought against Aberdeen he really faded in the second half and he still doesn't look 100% fully fit um, or as sharp as he could look. Um, and Ross County, when he came off the bench, although he didn't do too much, I thought you saw the benefit of a striker who can play that, who can just take the ball into feet. Sakala isn't that type of player and you've seen that in the first half when the ball broke down a lot with him. So you see, I think you need that up there and then It'll be interesting to see. I don't think him and Cholak will start together tonight, but I think they will um, at one point. So I don't think there'll be many surprises in the starting lineup. Maybe aside from Borna Barisic, it's obviously going to be Kent and Tillman um, in behind uh, the, the, the centre forwards. I guess it's just a question of whether they go with Sakal and Morelos again, or someone like Lowry gets uh, their opportunity, which you know he hasn't had so far. Yeah, uh, RFC56 uh, has pulled you up on your Morelos comment. says, Morelos looks great, lol. Um, <laughs> listen, I think he's been okay uh, under, no, under Michael Beale. I contextualise it with the fact that I th- he, he, uh, he, he was injured, I think, for the... I think it was yeah. Aberdeen. Yes. So I just think sometimes when there's a, a run of fixtures, you need to contextualise it and look at... Um, again, I'm not I, when the Ross County game. I don't think Morelos came on and was fantastic, but I think what you saw was that you saw the benefit of Rangers having a forward who they could play into to his feet as opposed to Sakal in the first half. Although he gets that assist, I don't think he looks as comfortable um, with his back to goal. Um, so, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see who starts tonight. I do think against Hibs, uh, Morelos looked a lot better. Um, we'll, we'll obviously see if that continues because we know the type of the type of season that that he's had, uh, I'd be surprised if Cholak and Roof start purely because of the, the the kind of lack of game time. But if you have them two back in the squad, you have Barisic back, it starts to look a whole lot uh, healthier. The kind of complexion and and that means Beal will start to have to leave people out, which again is is what he wants. Something that he's really emphasised so far is the need for competition. Again, maybe something we don't think that much about from the outside, but the need for competition to drive players to better performances. Obviously, the example at the moment is. Uh, James Tavenier right back, but I think that'll extend all over the pitch once you know he has some options back on the bench. Yeah, uh, I'm interested to see if uh, Roof, um, Roof is one that I'm sure whether he's in the match day squad or not, or whether uh, Michael Beale is confident enough um, 
I think Antonio Cholak is, is, is a definite squad member. Whether he starts or not remains to yeah. be seen. Um, positive Vibe says uh, Cholak and Morelos and Kent up front is how I would go. I think I've, people have been battering on for that for, for some time since Antonio Cholak uh, joined the club. Joshua, a front two of, of uh, Cholak and Morelos. And he's, uh, I think his initial unveiling, Michael Beale did say he'd like to uh, see the both of them play up front. Um whether we see that or not remains to be seen, but I think we will see Cholak at some point uh, tonight. Um, with yeah. again, again, one eye on that game on, on the second uh, of January as well. But I mean, he's not played for Michael Beale yet, so it's going to be interesting to see if he fits into the system. Yeah, well, and, and Beale said after the game against Hibs that Morelos and Cholak would have started together. Um, obviously, Sakala hadn't played much football by that point. I, yeah. I think it suits them when they have to. Beale spoken about wanting to play in and around the opposition box. And, you know, neither Morelos or Cholak, I think Morelos more than Cholak, but they're not strikers who are, the main strength isn't running in behind. Maybe Morelos is, is a little bit, but neither of them are, are really, really quick. Um, Morelos naturally wants to come towards the ball, I think, more often than running behind. And Cholak obviously is a, a real penalty box player, although he can kind of, we've seen him contribute at points outside of it. So I think you would, it would, need to be a certain type of game where you are playing in and around the opposition box and maybe you're at home. Um, it wouldn't work as much if you if you have that midfield battle and, and it's more about trying to get into the opposition half. Um, Rufford obviously adds another dimension if he, if he can play because he's done it with Morelos before and we know kind of what he can bring, but I think until he plays a couple of games, that conversation can kind of be parked given the last six months that he's had and Kent um, I tweeted out a, a graphic yesterday of the passes that Kent had received in the first three games under Beal compared to the last three games under Van Bronckhorst and it's one of these visuals that I think sometimes you can speak a lot about something but the, actually the simplicity yeah. of just looking at the area is is quite uh, interesting and I think the freedom that he's been afforded although he's not always had the end product yet um always providing that extra man in midfield. I think I, I think you're starting to see the benefit of that as well. I thought in the first half against Aberdeen, again, without much end product, I thought he was really good. So you don't want him to, to drop too deep for me, um, but you see the benefit for the equalising goal when he can kind of get isolated against the man in a, at the edge of the box in a, in a good uh, central location. So I'd be surprised if it's Morelos, Kent and Cholak tonight, but I think going forward, that looks like what Beal wants to do, um, whether it works or not. It's certainly got goals in that front line and you've seen the benefit of that with Sakala in those two games against uh, Hibs and, and Aberdeen. I don't think he was brilliant in either of them, but he scored in either of them and, and that's kind of what he gives you in the starting eleven. Yeah, he certainly does. Um, let's get to some of the comments here. Uh, firstly, Broken Nose Boxing. Hello from Japan. Uh, good to have you. Uh, uh, good to have your company on this uh, Wednesday morning, buddy, or whatever the time it is uh, over there uh, in Japan. Worldwide show we are, Joshua. And uh, Ian Campbell says, uh, what time will you be on tonight, guys? Um, usually when the teams drop, Ian, which will be approximately <laughs> half past six, I'd imagine. So between then and then in 6.45, I think, is when we'll, we'll, we'll try and go live. So uh, if you're a, a subscriber to our YouTube channel, make sure you, you click on the bell so you'll get a notification when we go live um, and yeah, you can tune in from there. We're also uh, on uh, Twitter and Facebook uh, as well. Uh, and your goalkeeping uh, article, Joshua, um, a, a good friend of the show, Denzel, gets in touch on that goalkeeping situation. He says it's bewildering. Quite often, stats defy the evidence of the eye. Uh, Johnny was spot on yesterday uh, with his figures. 
I think a lot of supporters feel that it is an area of the pitch that needs strengthened. Uh, Michael Beale, as we've touched on, has uh, uh, disagreed with that. He says it's not uh, an area that he's looking to uh, improve in January. Uh, are you concerned going forward with regards to that? Um, the figures don't make for, for, for good reading. Um, will it will it improve? I know there were some comments yesterday saying that once there is a stable backline in front of the goalkeeper, it should uh, help those figures uh, somewhat. Yeah, well, these, these figures are just kind of, regardless of that, the, the chances that have been conceded. You can say, obviously, they might concede less chances, um, but it's just looking in isolation at the... the the impact of their saves and it's explained in the piece which is on the website and in the comment section as well. La- last season, McGregor's mistakes, to my memory, cost points at uh, Ross County away, Hearts. Motherwell at home, Hearts at home, and I guess you could argue in either old firm game a defeat, especially the 2-1 defeat. I think it was the equalising goal he kind of spilled. So the, the goal wasn't a mistake, but in the lead up to that, he probably oh, should have yeah, been better. Yeah. This season, I don't think his mistakes, not mistakes, but maybe saves you'd expect him to do a bit better with have cost that many points. Um, For example, the goal against St Mirren when Rangers draw 1-1, there's nothing you can do about that. It's from two yards out. There is a couple of other examples from games that Rangers win where he's 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 not made saves that you'd expect him to. But the the article kind of tries to look a little bit beyond the the number of McGregor's just cost this many goals because I don't think it's always quite as simple as that, although this stat is, again, as you'll see in the piece, um, it gives a lot of context and, and it's Stats Bomber, kind of the best uh, data uh, company f- for a reason yeah. because of the depth they go to um, looking at lo- lots, not just location of shots, but where the defenders are, the, the power of the shot, um, et cetera, et cetera. So I guess it's the balance. Do, do you think that McGregor can come and have a purple patch to the end of the season. Um, Beal was very complimentary of McLaughlin yesterday, who came in and had a clean sheet, which is right. And before McLaughlin had that kind of horror show in the old firm, that was his, almost his reputation as he hadn't been tested really as number one yet. But if you think back to the start of the 2021 season, he had seven clean sheets in a row or something. He'd always came in and been a solid player yeah. for Rangers the season after. And I think part of the reason Rangers wouldn't sign a keeper is because they'd have to move one on. If you have McGle- uh, McLaughlin, McGregor and someone else there and you send Robbie McCrory out alone, that's a lot of wages in, in the, the goalkeeping spot. Um, and, you know, three people who would probably um, want to be number one. So I, I don't know how that would work. But yeah, hopefully the article gives a bit of context to it um, because we, we saw the benefit when McGregor had that season in the title, last title winning campaign. You saw the benefit of when a goalkeeper performs above average and it does win you points. As I said, I don't think this season it really has lost Rangers many points. Maybe you could argue against, I think it's St Johnston. Um, some of the numbers suggest he could have done a bit better there. Um, but yeah, the, it's all outlined in the piece and I'll let people make up their minds uh, for themselves. Yeah, who, who starts in goal tonight, Joshua? I think I think McGregor does because mm. I think he's number one. Uh, he's the, the person that Beale's chosen from the start. Um aside from that uh, period at the start of the season when McLaughlin played, it's been McGregor. So I think uh, he will be in goals and I think he'll continue to be in goals unless, um, yeah, unless I don't know, he's injured or, or something yeah. happens. Beal also, I, I don't know, because at the start of the last season, McLaughlin did play a few games. So maybe he'll just try to keep McGregor fresh in a way and, and not have him play as many games because we know that he can still do make these big saves in these moments. The, the performance at Anfield this season, I thought it was a fantastic performance. Um, 
he saved a number of shots. I think it's from Mo Salah in particular. Maybe it was Nunez, but one of Liverpool's forwards on that day. We know he can still do it in those those big moments, but I think over the course of the season, we saw last season that he made you know a number of costly errors. So maybe Beal will try to keep him fresh by putting McLaughlin in for games. Like Ross County away, which, again, aside from that old firm game, he's always been pretty dependable. So maybe that's what Beal's thinking he's going to try and do. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who starts between the sticks uh, tonight uh, and outfield uh, as well. That'll do us to uh, this morning, folks. Like I say, we will be back uh, for a reaction to the team video um, a little later on uh, tonight. If you're making your way to Ibrox, then safe journey. Hope your team wins later and hopefully you can join us uh, a little uh, later on. Um, Thanks to Joshua as ever. Um, and uh, yeah, everyone for interacting with the show. It's greatly appreciated. Just a reminder, you can see a little ticker below. We've got the, the, the Christmas offer on the website just now where it's £1 for two months' worth of content, uh, or you can take out our annual subscription, uh, which uh, offers uh, is, uh, just £26 for the entire 12-month period, which is 25% off. So uh, if you want to take advantage of that, head over to rangersreview.co.uk forward slash subscribe for all the details. Okay, we'll speak to you again a little later on, um, but bye.